0: Hi there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to creative people. And today I have two guests. They are two of the men behind the new romantic comedy Breaking Fast, which comes out this weekend. Um, Mike Masalam is the writer and director, and Amin El Gamal is an actor from the film who plays the best friend of one of the lead characters, who is a very fun character and gets to wear colorful leggings. In in multiple scenes, so that's cool. The film is about a gay Muslim doctor living in Los Angeles named Mo. He's played by Haas Sleeman, who you've probably seen in movies like The Visitor and on the show Nurse Jackie. And he uh, begins a romantic relationship with an all-American type actor played by Michael Cassidy. And um, it happens during the month of Ramadan, so there's no kissing or anything like that. But there are meals every night that look really delicious that made me want to lick the screen. And Amin plays the sassy gay friend of Mo. Um, Before I get to the interview, I want to thank, uh, I have a listener out there named Jack, who left a nice little tip in my virtual tip jar on the website. It helps me cover the expenses that come with doing the podcast, and I really appreciate it. If you want to do that, you can at DennisAnyone.net. You can also find all of the different podcasts catalogued there. And there's other stuff, too. It's my main website. I also want to get a plug-in for uh, the You Don't Know My Life virtual game nights. You know, with lockdowns and numbers rising, uh, it's more important than ever to find a safe way to stay connected to people. So we'd love to host a virtual game night for you. Just go to youdon'tknowmylife.com, and you can find the info there. You reach out. We set a date. We send a Zoom link, and we meet up. We did a birthday party for a listener, Keith, his his uh his husband was having a birthday and we created questions just for um for them and uh, keith gave us a great quote back he said what a fun solution to salvage a pandemic birthday that doesn't sound the sunniest but you know what i'm saying i tried to give it a little bit of happiness but um we'd love to help you out help you stay connected and we have a lot of fun too so check that out all right here without any further ado the writer director of Breaking Fast Mike Masalem and one of the actors Amin El Gamal Joining me now via Zoom is the writer and director of Breaking Fast Mike Masalem and one of the stars of the of the movie Amin El Gamal Hi guys you're both in LA right Yes sir hi it's a beautiful sunshine day I <laughs> Um it's, it's quite warm, no? I'm very yeah. hot. It, it, it's like, it feels almost like uh summary. Okay, so I was supposed to interview you right before COVID hit when you were mm-hmm. playing the Outfest Fusion Festival. We had it set, set up and everything, and it got canceled at the last minute. So I watched your film twice, once then, and then once before doing this interview. And it's so different the way it plays now, just because we're... I just want to walk on a sidewalk with a guy in West Hollywood
1: and Good eat, eat a dinner around
0: a table with people. You know, like it just plays a little different. It, it, it's almost wistful in a way. Um, can yeah. You, can Sadly become about... a period piece. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but we will get back there soon. So tell me where the germ of this story started for you. What, I know it was a short film before, but what was the, the beginning of the idea?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... The beginning of the short, the journey of even considering writing the short came out of the desire to see uh, a film or a project in which a journey that looked like mine or that reflected my own journey um, would be on the screen. I was sitting in a coffee shop with a friend of mine, Michael Lannan, who was the creator of HBO's Looking. And we were talking about a variety of things. And he asked who best represented me or my friend's journey in film and tv and I I truly was stumped I couldn't think of anyone and um and you know he basically said you know you should write that and I really was not a writer I never considered myself to be a writer but there was this strong desire to tell a story that felt reflective of 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 a journey that resembled my own. And and out of it came a draft of the short version of Breaking Fast. And one of the producers of Looking Reddit, his name is Seth Howard. He is now my producing partner. He came on board, developed the script with me, produced the short with me, and then ultimately developed and produced the feature version.
0: Um, And uh, and the rest is history. Hi, Amin. Tell me what drew you to the project. What made you want to do it?
2: Well, the script had so much heart to it. I immediately fell in love with the script when I first read it. And um, as a queer Muslim actor, um, a lot of times I get pigeonholed in different stereotypes. You know, sometimes it's like the menacing, you know, Arab or Muslim. Sometimes it's these characters that are, you know, have really dark storylines Regarding their their Muslimness or their gayness and that intersection of identity, so it was really refreshing to see a script that was so fun and light and funny and really it was a celebration of these identities as opposed, as opposed to like um, seeing them through more critical of a critical lens and seeing them as like in conflict, which is also you know part of the experience. But um, I feel like we sometimes overemphasize the dark and don't um, bring out the joy. So I just loved seeing gay Muslims, queer Muslims, you know, experiencing joy. And it's just a delightful, beautiful script. So it was the script. It was also Mike, who is a beam of sunshine.
0: A ray of sunshine. You got to do one of those scenes that I love in romantic comedies where they're working out and having a conversation in the, while they're working out. Like that's, that goes back to flash dance. Um, moment. Good reference. <laughs> Thank you. And you got fun tights. But what I also liked about your relationship with, um, Mo, the lead character, is it's got the sassy best friend thing, but then it gets really serious and you guys kind of throw down over some of the bigger issues <laughs> in the script. Mike, can you talk about the, those things that bring up, like, like, like Mo gets called out on being kind of judgmental and it's, I like this movie because it's about people dealing with their own shit. And um, and somehow getting challenged. So talk about why that was important to you. I think, you know, I think a lot of
1: times in in romantic comedies, it's this person that you've just met who gets to call you out on your shit. Like it's like you just sort of in the in the snapshot of the story that we're watching. It's the new person who gets to call you out. And for me, like in any time I have been effectively called out and I have the best friends in the world who have no issue calling me out anytime they need to. But the, but what makes being called out effective is that it's somebody who I have a level of trust with who is keeping it real, but it also knows that it's coming from a, a real place of love. And I think, you know, uh, there's a couple of things about Mo and Sam's dynamic that is really important to me. One is that they are two comfortable Arab men who love each other platonically like familially love each other um and their relationship is one where they they have the gamut of sassy best friend moments ribbing each other having fun with each other laughing but also those moments where our friends are in a lot of ways our chosen family and can call us out in the way that our family does and we have that sort of dynamic with them and i i i think the trajectory of sam as a as a character for me is really important and and I have to caveat this by saying only made so evident by the perf- perf- perfect performance of Amin Al-Gamal who who was the first Sam contender that we saw and truly the last he was perfect in this role for so many reasons but you know the fact that we can go from sassy moments as I mentioned to really heartfelt really profound really serious you have upset me here is why or why are you doing this to yourself get out of your own way that that is that is advice that we really can only take from somebody that we know truly loves and cares about us
0: right and yeah. I do think that's, that idea that you said about, about people it. that know you better are able to call you out because that says to you oh i've been doing this for a while this isn't something that just happened when i met julia roberts at the thing this is right. my thing Um, Amin, talk to me about that serious scene at the dinner where you call him out and how those things resonated for you or or what what that scene meant to you.
2: Yeah, I just want to echo what Mike said in terms of seeing um, men of color being intimate in a platonic way and the the power that had. That was my favorite aspect of the dynamic between Mo and Sam, um, was the later scene where they're very intimate. Um, And um, I think... There's a history in romantic comedies of having the gay best friend or the gay character be sort of an accessory and sort of a, a the court jester, you yeah. know, who who is in service of, like, a heterosexual relationship. Yes. Um, and I was always drawn to those weird characters, gay or not, that were sort of the funny best friend, the catalyst, the, the, the wise fool you know (laughs) Um, and I think when it comes to Sam what's kind of amazing about the arc arc of this character is that originally when you see him you uh, you 100% immediately know oh this is the laughs these are the broad laughs this is the best friend we love this guy he's gonna keep it light I mean the the leggings
0: tell us a lot of what we need to do there's the
2: leggings several leggings and sometimes just my own legs Yes, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so you go, fall into that trope and you enjoy the the humor and the lightness that he brings to it. And then um, what, what really got me was the scene that you're talking about where you see a switch and you see um, this other side of his humanity. You know, I think Sam as a character touches like every color of humanity in this way that that sort of archetype And rom-coms usually doesn't as much. So, And then you also see that this person who is really funny and light and brings so much joy and wisdom and love everywhere he goes, um, that that is a constant practice, you know, that he might come from a bit of trauma, that there are darker sides of him. That he's not, he doesn't just entertain people and bring lightness just because he's a silly weirdo. you no. know. It's a—it's tro- um, how he's
0: chosen to be in the kind world.
2: Kind of out there character.
0: Yeah. It's a coping mechanism. Sorry? Yeah, say that
2: again, Mike. Yes. I, so it's kind of a coping, yeah, it's a coping mechanism, exactly. So it's grounded. So that sort of broad comedy that we love that comes out of that character is grounded in a real, um, a real, um, uh, I think, intent, intentional practice of like bringing joy and bringing light. And I think that really spoke to me as someone who struggled with this intersection of identity. Um, and yeah, I think Sam is the kind of friend everyone will, will want to have. And to go back to that scene, the dinner scene that you mentioned, it's sort of essential. It's essential because this film, in a, in a few ways, is sort of a rom-com fairy tale. It's an ideal about what um, what being Muslim and gay in the U.S. could be. Um, I think some people have that experience, some people don't. Um, I think that scene sort of gives it perspective and doesn't make it a sort of irresponsible fairy tale. It doesn't neglect the people who who are suffering and are having conflict and cannot live um, as openly and freely as Sam and Mo. So I think that scene is really important and it's handled so delicately and and beautifully. Um, So props to Mike.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is a great food movie where you you feel like you need to order takeout before you, you know you need to get a feast in front of you before you watch it. What was that like to do? Because I'm sure continuity is a thing, and you have to have all this food around. What's it like to make a food movie?
1: You know, listen, we were unbelievably supported by this local L.A. restaurant called Open Sesame. It's a Lebanese restaurant in West Hollywood. There's also a location in Long Beach. Um, Ali Kubesu, who is the owner of that restaurant, was a supporter of this film from the short provided uh, free catering uh, for our production throughout the short. And then when we had a little money and we didn't have much, but we certainly wanted to give back as much as we could, we um, we wanted to bring him on as a food consultant, stylist, as well as, you know, use his services again. And, you know, the, the biggest challenge in terms of continuity that you talked about was getting cast and crew alike to not eat the food until we had gotten the shot um there was everything you know that typically on a film set as you probably know most of the food goes to waste luckily for this film there was almost no waste when it comes to the food because all of that food was eaten
0: right so it's you going not yet not yet not
1: yet yeah yeah Um, and then like And after, you know, after we wrap, like everyone just stayed exactly in place and just ate like a real feast. Amin's character got to eat a lot in this film, especially in the mosque scene and the funeral scene. He ate, I I think it was like upwards of like 10 of those cookies that he was holding. So yeah, these butter
2: cookies that have um, dates in them. I remember for the dinner scene, it was just small bites. It was just very small bites. You just kind of have to remember when you pick up the fork. I'm sure I didn't do it perfectly. Yeah. Um and the other scene I, there's one scene where I'm I'm basically like stuffing my face with French fries because right. Sam loves ketchup. <laughs> uh, which I don't, frankly. Don't like ketchup at all. Very good. Um, Very so nice. I think uh there were times when I had to stop probably I remember with the fry scene there was times where I was like, I can't talk. Something's caught in my throat. <laughs> like my mouth is full of Food. right it happens um, i think also
1: like from a cultural perspective like you know you you you, you go to an arab's house and there's no food you may as well just move because your reputation is so bad but worse than no food is bad food and i think you know we we are just so enculturated in the idea that food is such a part of the bonding experience right. that it would be very hard to do an arab-centric film and a film around ramadan where we weren't highlighting the food as its own character in the same way that was hollywood is a character in this film
0: yeah for sure and you also have a strong musical theater current that runs through the movie um, one of the characters sings climb every mountain and you, you talk about the trolley song and like talk about music theater and why that's important to you
1: uh, I'm a musical. I was a musical theater major. Uh, I have my. I somehow convinced my parents that I needed not only one but two degrees in musical theater, and that's awesome. Educa- education was the of the utmost importance to my parents, and they just figured, well, you know, the best jobs are people who have masters. So clearly, that was going to get me the best jobs in musical theater. Um, but uh, you know, so so the musical theater just it runs deep deep through my veins it's not necessarily about some of the more mainstream stuff it's like really sort of facts and figures dates when showboat premiered in 1927 why oklahoma was important in 1943 these are the things that sort of get me really excited so uh i needed somehow to express that and and it felt like this was the this was the movie in which to do so
0: Now, how do you get the rights to an Oscar Hammerstein song? Climb Every Mountain, was it hard? Or or Rodgers and Hammerstein?
1: Can I I be so honest with you? Yeah. Of all of the music in the movie, Climb Every Mountain was the cheapest. Really? Yes.
0: they were. I guess I had in my head that they play hardball. I, I had in my head, like, some story that... That they don't let people do that. That's interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, the other thing is we weren't using a version of. We were just using one side. So we only had to pay for half of the rights, right? Because we were performing it ourselves. Right. You, Um, You didn't
0: get a recording of it.
1: Right. Um, but but nonetheless, like I, I and I I mean, I, Davin Michaels, our post producer, um, really sort of handled all of that. But I remember him saying that of all of the difficulties in the music realm, the Climb Every Mountain was the one we had sort of very first time. And we needed to get it first because we were shooting it on camera. So we it wasn't an easy swap. Right.
0: I, I like the way the movie talks about identity in. And- in terms of, is there a right way to be Muslim? Is there a right way to be gay? Even when you talk about your lead character says he still has his butt virginity, and he's and he gets razzed for that. Like people like feeling like they have to be a certain thing. I feel like that's the theme that you really wanted to explore. Can you talk about that a bit?
1: I mean, I think we can all agree within any of the of the identities that you just listed. There's not there's not really a monolithic way of. Of living within those identities and, and everybody has sort of a Venn diagram and like a approach to how those identities intersect within each other but also the practice of each of those identities for oneself and I think you know this movie at its core is about really reflecting how we are not a monolith and the we in that sentence is really the Muslim community the Arab community the LGBT community I mean I think there is a there is a um, there is a a fair amount of nuance and specificity amongst each person and the way in which they metabolize those identities. And I think, you know, what makes a movie like this really interesting to me is the fact that like, it's a version of the story that we have not seen before. And it, and it may make people say, Oh, this is not real. Um, Whereas I think Amin and I can tell you there it is real for some and 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 is and is a very real way of life the other thing is like why can't it be real why can't we strive for this you know what one what some might call idyllic place to be actually very commonplace and normal for people and I think the sooner we can just sort of get our collective minds around the idea that being anything is not a monolith, um, we'll be more accepting of things that deviate from our own version of the story.
0: Right. Another thing I thought was clever was because it's taking place during Ramadan, your main character uh, can't can't have impure thoughts. He can't kiss the guy yet, you know? So it's <laughs> this fun, chaste, flirtation thing that builds in a fun way. Talk about... Um,
1: the, the fun of that idea yeah I mean listen I think the the conceit of the of the film or the convention of the film was there from the short and we sort of had this great month to to use as a backdrop of this film and and um and and I think also like in general we don't often talk about queer stories specifically stories of gay men where there isn't an, an immediate sort of talk about the physical intimacy right and I was I was very fine with um, really just like slowing down, letting these two guys really get to know each other, creating a, a reason why they couldn't do the thing that obviously people might expect them to do and or wanted them to do and like really be about them and not about what happens, you know, in bed. Yeah, like, who, who does, does
0: what, what to wear like, and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, I thought it was... Because at the end, it's very satisfying, you know, um, when you get that moment. Um, for both of you, the film's have been playing the festival circuit, and some people have been seeing it. What have you heard from people? What are some of the reactions you've gotten, and are there any that, that are memorable or moving?
2: I remember the when we had our L.A. premiere at Outfest Fusion in, in March, right before the shutdown. Um, there was a handful of... of queer Muslim people who were so overcome with joy at seeing this story, the reaction that I've received um, pretty unanimously has been visceral emotional response and gratitude at finally seeing a movie that depicts people who are, you know, queer and Muslim on some spectrum (laughs) of that in a a fun, relatable um, and heartfelt and responsible way so that's been the main response that that i've gotten the movie just means a lot to people and now you know they might not be arab they might you know might not really practice islam they might be arab but not muslim they might not have any of those identity categories i mean my friend uh joe who grew up catholic was related to the movie in a, a very visceral way based on his own um you know his own relationship with religion and sexuality. So it's been a very joyous response and excited for more people to see it.
0: I love that. What about you Mike? What what have you heard and observed?
1: Yeah, I mean I think one of the one of the most um meaningful things to me on a general level was that we premiered um as as I mentioned we premiered literally the day before or two days before um, California went into shutdown. Um, Our first premiere was at Cinequest up in the Bay Area. And then the very next day, we premiered at Outfest Fusion. And those two audiences, those two sold-out crowds, could not have been more different in demographic. And the thing that I think cast and crew alike were clocking in both theaters was the consistency of laughter and consistency of reaction and emotion in the film. And I think for us, for me, like the that just spoke so highly of the universality of a film like this that lives in such a culturally specific niche place, but yet can speak to a wide range of experiences. Um, and on a, on a personal level, I mean, whether it was after those specific um, screenings or uh, subsequently in our virtual screenings, the amount of people who have reached out, who have said... um, Thank you for telling a story that looks like mine. I finally see my family in a movie. I can't. I feel like you've made me understand that the conversation that I need to have with my mom is going to be easier. Just a, a, a variety of those kinds of beautiful sentiments that people are so kind to 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 come forward and say is a is is quite a driver for me. I mean, it makes it it makes it all worth it Uh, a jewish friend of mine said to me the other day he said in, in in hebrew we would say dayenu um which uh you know was new a new phrase to me but essentially means that's enough and and in a lot of ways while i pray and hope for a massive success of this film and i pray that tons of people see it i pray that people praise and laud it In a way, that kind of response is enough for me because that is the stuff that sort of adds to um, just a little bit of making life a little easier day to day. And I think right now, societally, we could all use a little levity.
0: Yeah, though, for sure. Another thing I loved in the movie is the Superman affection to the Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. You were actually able to get a clip. Was that hard to get? How did that work?
1: Uh, We actually used it, um, we used it via fair use. We had a great fair use attorney um, and it was, and it it was great. It was great and it was important for me to include it because uh, there's such a juxtaposition in Superman and I'm a massive Superman fan, um, similar to my musical theater uh, passion. But, um, you know, I think there is no superhero known as more iconically American. Um, in the DC realm. And, uh, and yet he happens to be uh, an immigrant. And I think it was important. There's, there's sort of an important ju- juxtaposition in all of that. And, and, um, and so I, wa- I sort of wanted to sort of sub- subliminally highlight that.
0: That's interesting because I, I don't at the top of my head think of him as an Im- immigrant, but of course he is. You know, that, mm-hmm. th- that's so interesting you point that out to me. I'd love to hear from both of you. What's your dream project? What's something you would love to work on? A musical? Right
1: now, mine is to work with Amin again. Wow.
0: So you better say the same, Amin, you're gonna look like a
2: jerk. I'm so flustered. I'm (laughs) learning how to take compliments. (laughs) Um, I would of course love to work with Mike again. Um, I I wanted to add one thing too. Um, I I don't wanna be too specific, but I had a, a family member actually come out to me after watching the film. And that was really powerful and really meaningful for me. So that's just one small that's huge. response that I got. Yeah. Were you surprised? Um I, I had an inkling, but I don't yeah, I had an inkling, but it was watching one of the digital screeners for one of the festivals yeah. that opened up the conversation and made her feel comfortable to talk to me about it. So
0: I love it. All right, I'm getting the word that we need to wrap up. So tell people how they can find the movie, and then I have one more question for you guys.
1: Yep, next Friday, Friday, uh, January 22nd, um, Apple TV, Amazon, anywhere you buy or rent movies. Rent, buy, Breaking Fast, tell all your friends, give us good ratings, watch it several times, love it, and tell us what you think.
0: I love it. Well, I really enjoyed the movie, especially the second time, having been through what we've been through in the last year, and I, I hope people check it out. Um, as, uh, as queer artist, what's, my final question, what's something you saw when you were younger, maybe growing up, that like, pop culture moment that just made you think, oh, I might, I might be gay, or that, 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 was, that felt formative, or felt important?
2: I, I can go first. Um, so The Wizard of Oz is kind of a cliche answer but I gravitated so strongly to that movie. I think more in like the overtly queer, I mean, that's pretty queer, but more in the overtly queer realm, I remember Tales of the City being very, I saw it not when it came out, but on DVD a little bit later yeah. uh, when I was in middle school and high school. And I remember that helping me feel um, like a, I had, you know, queer ancestors and making me feel more comfortable with who I am. That The miniseries from the 90s. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all about the kiss by the car outside the inclining road. Um so what about mm-hmm. you Mike? You know, I um, if I'm being
1: totally honest with you, I came out pretty late in life, and so I wasn't even truly like cognizant of of those kinds of moments for myself. But um, I mean, I think just being in musical theater was was a, a gift from God in the sense that it exposed me to so many out, comfortably out queer men, um, and I think just being in and around that community helped me when 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 my time came to sort of understand that there was such a world outside of um, anything that I have known. But if I'm getting pretty granular about it, I would say, you know, I would do anything for Kelly Clarkson.
0: She's my number one. Kelly Clarkson? I voted for her many times oh, on American did? Idol. I know. I we love too. that. She has us to thank. It was what? us. Someday you're going to make a musical with Kelly Clarkson. I'm putting it on my God vision board. Right. I'm it's, for it. Good luck with the movie. I hope everyone watches it. It's fun talking to you guys. And hopefully I'll see you around town sometime uh, when we can go out and about
2: again. Thanks for everything. Thank you so much. I hope so, too. Thanks for having
0: us. My pleasure. Bye, guys. Thanks again to Mike and Amin for doing the podcast. Check out their movie, Breaking Fast. All right, so this happened. It's a new year. Uh, This is my first podcast of 2021. And people have been kind of on lockdown, so not a lot has happened. But I did do a virtual dream board party with a couple of friends of mine. It's kind of like a tradition I do every year, but I kind of like the exercise because it makes you excited about your life. But what was funny about this time is I just put all of these things that I've already done, but that I we can't do now. Like, I just put people in a movie theater. I put people in a coffee shop. I put people just basically just doing stuff you know know, the sort of normal pre-pandemic so half my half my dream board is just like everyday stuff so hopefully it'll come true for all of us um like a broadway theater with with an audience you know that's our hope so um anyway i hope all our dreams come true this year and that things get better and turn around and uh i appreciate you listening and uh, i'll catch you next time on dennis anyone bye